What's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy, State of the State of the New York Knicks podcast, episode 125. I got my guy, Aiden, once again, Knicks Community Podcast. What's up, my guy? How you doing? How you feeling? I'm doing I'm doing great as always. How are you, man? Um I'm disgusted. I think I'm gonna just overreact the whole time we recording tonight. I'm gonna just overreact. I'm just disgusted, bro. <laughs> I, and you know I'm disgusted at the fact that matter of fact matter of fact I don't even want to skip over certain topics right tell me how you felt about the game tonight and I'm gonna tell you how I felt about the game tonight and then we're gonna get into individual topics perfect um I think first half we looked pretty good um yeah, agreed I, I think that um RJ had a great game tonight, and I I think I think the second half just really shows how much a point guard is so valuable to our offense. Um, I I think that you know when quickly was in, you know we had a lead, we were scoring, mm-hmm. playing not the like exact same way against our last game against Cleveland, but you know we were we were still kind of like playing that same type of play. And I mean, we were playing it throughout the whole night, which was great to see. Um, but I just think, you know, when quickly went out, you, you, you noticed a change in, I guess, energy because, Correct. you know, you, you saw that, I mean, I was watching Alan Hahn as soon as the game ended and, um, you know, he even said it himself, like, it just shows you how much how how valuable quickly is to this offense. And Tom Thibodeau notices notices this switch in energy when quickly is not playing. And you know he even said it himself, like yeah, you can definitely see how we play when quickly is on the court versus when he's not playing and he's on the bench or hurt. Um, so I think that. Um, you know, I don't think it was the worst performance ever from the Knicks. I just think that, you know, they haven't played in nine months. And I just think that, I just think it's growing pains. You know, I just think that it's just a constant improvement, I think, as I always see it. You know, I think that you had, I know you're very, you're very against Alec Burks, but, you know, right. I, I, I think that, you know, he's a shooting guard, right? He's here to provide scoring. And I think that, he provided it tonight. I mean, I think he got 22 points tonight. Burks was great. Burks couple, was great. Couple of assists. Um, I, I just think that, um, you know, I really think they should. They, I don't know where Jared Harper was, but I feel like they really needed to utilize him tonight. Um, because, you know, you, you he was coming off that great pre, last preseason game. You know, he got a four-point play. And really provided scoring when we when we needed it and you know tonight they they really you know utilized Alfred Payton who had some very bad plays tonight and I just think that um I just think it shows how valuable quickly is to this team and I think tonight you really saw the switch of what the Knicks are going to be like when they don't have a point guard that is so um I guess efficient when it comes to getting easy buckets for himself, but also for the for the team as a whole. 
And I think that is what you saw tonight. I think that was it the best game? No. Was it the worst game? I don't think it was the worst game we've ever we've ever had as as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I think speaking about the Pacers, I'll just say quickly into that. Sabonis is a beast. Who was guarding um, Sabonis? Mitchell Robinson. Um, and and Julius Randle, both yeah. of them. 30 and 30, 10, 32, 10, and, and, and five, I believe. Yeah, I don't know what the hell he, he, he got any shot he wanted. Yeah. And I, I, I'm gonna just throw a couple things at you, and you could you cut me off, and you could jump in whenever you want, sure. But Alec Burks was great tonight, but he was doing a little too much that I for my liking. He messed up two fast breaks that I did not like, where he should have dumped the ball off. To I believe RJ was on one of those fast breaks with him, and he should have dumped the ball off. On both fast breaks, he got blocked both times. Basically him doing too much. But besides that, he was great tonight. My issue with Burks, and I want to let this be known right now, Burks is not a point guard. He only played point guard for Philly because Philly has Joel Embiid. I don't ever want to see Alec Burks at point guard again. When Tibbs, the third quarter, remember, he was up. Alfred Payton comes in the game, right? We start losing the lead. Start losing the lead. We losing the flow of the game. So what Tim's do, mind you, I, I I didn't see DSJ on the court. I didn't see Frank on the court. And then he puts in Frank Nilakina three minutes in of the third quarter. What the hell do you expect for Frank Nilakina to do in five minutes of game action when you do not play him the whole first half? That was the first issue I had with Thibodeau. That was stupid. And I do not want to see that a lot this season. I don't want to see it. Another thing. These kids had a great fourth preseason game. You come out with Alfred Payton again in the starting lineup. The first half was beautiful basketball. I will admit that. It was beautiful. But what was the issue I still seen? Alfred Payton, once again. The second half of this game was very disgusting to me. I watched Julius Randle go back to last year, Julius Randle. I watched Alfred Payton clink every shot. I watched Alfred Payton tonight, who had a higher usage rate, 23.7, than R.J. Barrett at 21.7. And I also watched Alfred Payton, once again, ignore R.J. the whole second half. He had 20 points going into the third quarter, bro. Eight for eight. How did this man not finish with 30-plus points, bro? Like, explain this to me, bro. And then the fourth quarter, I don't even give a damn what Julius had. I don't care because I was watching the fourth quarter. This man is putting up garbage time buckets. What are we doing here? Come on now, man. I, 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 Alfred Payton has been on his 16. I know people who's hearing me talk right now sound like I'm killing this man, but that was disgusting. You had nine months off. No improvement in your game. And the offense still looks stagnant with this man on the court. I, the point guard situation is so bad. Quickly got hurt, bumping into Miles Turner. So he's going to be out for like two to three weeks. What the hell are we going to do at the point guard position, bro? Because I'm I'm at the point where if, if, if Thibodeau starts Alfred and continues to start him, we're going to continue to lose. 
and, and I don't know where else to turn to. Rivers is still hurt. He's not a point guard to me. I know that people want to see him play next to uh, R.J. Barrett, but I did a little research, and he played point guard under 15% of his whole career. He averages three assists per game. He never ran an offense fully by himself because, remember, he played with Chris Paul, he played with Hardy, he played with Russ. What the hell are we going to do? What, uh, I'm, I'm sorry for ranting, but you, please help me, bro. Help. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Um, Go. I mean, I think that we need to see um, – I think we just need to see how serious Quickly's injury is. You know, I saw that they listed it as like a hip pointer. I didn't know what that meant. Um, but it looks like they kind of bandaged his like left hip, I saw, when they briefly showed it. Um, I think he's going to be fine. You know, he was sitting on the bench. It's not like he couldn't walk or anything. I think he'll be back very soon. Um, but I think for our point guard situation, I really think from a realistic standpoint – I think Thibodeau's just going to probably do what he did in, in preseason and just kind of see who fits best in this offense. You know, maybe he'll start Harper one game. Maybe he'll start DSJ one game. Maybe he'll start Frank and just kind of put point guard these, these point guards that we have into situations to see what kind of an impact they make. You know, this it's a perfect example, like what he did with Quickly when he put him in late in the fourth and uh, you know, you saw how quickly impacted that offense. Right. Um, And so I think what he's going to do is try to like put these point guards that we currently have into situations to see what kind of an impact they can make. You saw it with Jared Harper in the preseason game as well. Thibodeau put him in. What did Jared Harper do? He got us a four point play. He got us scoring. And he also continue that ball movement style of play that worked against Cleveland. And I think that what he's going to do is just try to fit in guys into situations to see how, how big of an impact they're going to make to this offense. Uh, Bro. I, I need to know. I need to know. Would you, cause I'm, I'm really sitting here trying to figure out, what the hell are we going to do? Because Dennis Smith Jr. didn't get off the bench today. And me seeing that Frank Nilakina got off the bench before DSJ, that is an indictment on DSJ. Um, I don't think DSJ could have helped us in no way, shape, or form in this game. And I don't think Frank could have helped us in no way, shape, or form in this game because they didn't play the first half. So... Do you think that affected the way Frank came in the game and he was just so garbage um, making his shots? Because, remember, I believe he turned the ball over. He missed a uh, mid-range jumper, and he missed a three, I believe. So what, why do you think he put Frank in? And do you think he should play Frank at point guard? Like, at, Because we know he sees him as a wing, but do you think – he should play Frank at point guard. Now, by play him at point guard, do you mean start him? I, I mean, I'm. I mean, you you start him, but he's not the point guard. Okay. Basically, 
RJ's the point guard. You start him with Alec Burks or Reggie Bullock. No, I actually like Alec Burks off the bench because he provides great scoring off the bench. I think that's a good role for him. But what do you, what do you think the Knicks going to have to do? Like, wh- what are we going to do, bro? You know, it's – I think that, you know, it's one game out of the many, many more that we have this season. Um, But I, I think that answering to your, to your Frank question, I, I think that um, – I mean – I, I listen. I don't think Thibodeau was was like favoriting Frank in any way. Um, no, I, I just think that you know, in his mind, he could have been like, I know that Frank, his strengths lie more towards defense, and you know, Nick the Knicks needed stops in order to create offensive opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think what in his mind he probably was saying. Hey, let me just see if Frank can make an impact. Try to get some stops, and then you know to start an offense, which then leads me back to my point about him gonna that that he's gonna throw in point guards into situations. I think that he this I think was Frank's situation. He wanted Thibodeau wanted to see if Frank could make stops, which then creates an offense, which then could create a play and a bucket, and. I think that that was why we saw Frank tonight. Um, but you don't think so? So real quick, mm-hmm. you don't think him not? You don't think Frank not playing the first half affected the way that he played at the point that he put him in the game? Well, I think that you know when when he put him in the game, I think that um, you know it was it was kind of like garbage time in the third quarter, right? So I mean, mm-hmm. with, with when he was put in. I mean, I don't really know how big of an impact he could have made with the time that was left in the quarter. But I, I think that in the first half, I think Thibodeau was just trying to see how big of an impact quickly can make for this game. And then once quickly was out, he probably w- was just like, hey, Elford has more experience. Let me just, I guess, try to see what he can do. I don't know. I'm just speaking from what I think might have happened. I'm not mm-hmm. like... Of, uh, like officializing anything here um and then you know he was probably like let me look at my options frank see if he can make some stops create create an offense and um i think i think that i mean listen i i think that you know when you're speaking about dennis Jr., you know they've all had to deal with pressure everybody on this team has had to deal with pressure of some sorts um and i feel like I mean, you could argue that when Frank was put in, that affected his game because, you know, how could you make an impact when there's like two minutes left in a a quarter, right? But at the same time, you could argue that, hey, that's a lot of time. Um, And you could, you know, create plays, find find the open man, create easy buckets. Um, So, I mean, I don't know if it really affected his play. Um... But, I mean, I think we just got to see, really. I mean, it, it's the first game of the season. We're, we're going up against Indiana, who, you know, Sabonis is coming back from, from an injury. Victor Oladipo, um, Brogdon, TJ Warren wasn't that good tonight, but we all saw what he did in the bubble. 
Um, that mm-hmm. squad's nice on paper. It's nice, and and it in in the actual game, you know, it worked. Sabonis was was bodying everybody in the paint tonight. Oh my god! And uh, oh, you know, I, I think Alan Hahn said this too. He was really annoyed at the officiating tonight, and uh, you know, he was saying, you know, you have Sabonis trying to body Julius Randle in the paint, and then they didn't call anything on Sabonis. But then you have Julius Randle trying to body Sabonis in the paint and then they call um fouls and I think that one of the biggest problems we had tonight was foul trouble you know I think especially in regarding to Mitchell Robinson um I think that you know his biggest struggle is foul trouble to me one of his biggest struggles um I just feel like I don't really know how he's gonna fix it but um you know also his nose is a big concern to me because this is now the second time where he's had a situation with his nose. Um, I don't really know if they're going to like put a mask on him or something like that, but um, got to protect. Yeah. You got to, I mean, you got to, you got to protect his nose because, you know, God forbid he like breaks it somehow or something. I mean, it's very, um, it's very um, easy for his nose to bleed as, as we've seen now for the second time. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think that, I think that foul trouble was, was a huge struggle tonight. I just feel like, I don't know. I just feel like maybe in the second half, it just, there was, there was really no, um, there was really no point guard to spark an offense, which is why you saw like Obi Toppin is a great example. Um you know, Obi Toppin, he had some nice threes. Um, I just feel like he was forcing his shot so much. Um, he was. And I think that, you know, when you have Emmanuel quickly sparking that offense, you see ball ball movement. Yeah, and then you see guys like Kevin Knox get open threes like we saw in the preseason. Um, so I just feel like this whole game really just shows you how valuable quickly is to this offense, really. Um. Speaking of Obi Toppin, he 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 was three for seven tonight. Three for seven from three. Um, I think it was just nerves, honestly. I, I think it, it was it nerves. Was ner- it was nerves. Uh, I I I tell you this, I don't that Obi Toppin Randall front court that ain't sustainable in regular season play. It was cool preseason, regular season. No, that was a layup line tonight. Um, if you're gonna play. You know, Toppin and Randall together, it will behoove you to put Frank at the point of attack to at least help these guys defend. Mitch was in foul trouble. I don't know if you're going to agree with this. I don't know if you're not going to agree with this. But Mitch got into foul trouble because the guards, the point guard, rather, Malcolm Brogdon, was literally getting into the paint at will. This is on Alfred Payton, bro. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know how much more I can blame one person, but Alfred' defense at the point of attack was horrible. Mitch got into foul trouble. Then Nerlens come in the game. Nerlens was okay tonight, by the way. Um, it it was just a bad watch. I mean, looking at the looking at the box scores. You see the starting five plus minus Bullock minus sixteen, Peyton minus fifteen, Mitch minus seventeen, Randall minus five, RJ minus ten. 
Then I'm looking at the bench. I go down the bench. Quickly was a plus five. Burks was a plus four. I also see that Reggie Bullock has 10 shots and Kevin Knox has five shots. I need my lotto pick to shoot more shots. I need them to focus on my lotto pick more. We have to do that. We have to get better point guard play. Um, Obi Toppin was okay tonight. I liked what he did. But I need to see more. And the only way you activate Obi Toppin is with point guard play. So with the bad point guard play we had tonight, it was, it, it was just hard for him to get off. And then you got guys like Jonathan Wasserman. Shout-outs to him. He puts out a tweet. Obi at Dayton. You know, post. 128 possessions, transition, 94, roll, 79, cut, 71, spot up, 67. So, basically, his role in the Knicks offense is different, especially with no point guards. They need to find a way to get Obi going. I think Obi would be great in the in the role that Randall is now, right? The role where you're in the pinch post, passing, but we're gonna have to wait to see. But I like what I, I I'm okay with what Obi did tonight. I'm okay with it, man. I, what else you got for me, bro? I, it, it, it's it's a couple other things we gotta get into, man. This this whole the 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 rotations. How you feel about the rotations? Um, I I thought they was garbage tonight. I thought Thibodeau left his starters out for too long in the first. Hmm. But you know, I thought his point guard rotations was bad tonight. And I just thought, just overall, like, just the rotations, man. How, what you felt you've seen with the rotations tonight? Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, I, I think he's still trying to figure out what works best. Um, you know, I think, I think, let's say we're viewing this team as a puzzle. I think Thibodeau is just trying to see what pieces are going to fit well into this ginormous puzzle. And, you know, I think that th- it's why Thibodeau makes such a long, uh, I guess, I guess takes a lot of time in, in creating his starting lineups every single night, right? Um, he's just mm-hmm. trying to see what works. And, I mean, you could argue that his rotations were a mess. Um, I just feel like, I feel like right now that, He's just trying to figure out what works. And I think that, yeah, he really should have utilized like Jared Harper more. Um yep. and and guards like that. But I just feel like right now it's just all process of seeing what works. Um and I mean that's mainly my thoughts on the rotations. Um I just feel like he just right now needs to see or is figuring out, you know, really just what works. What's going to create the best offensive opportunities and defensive opportunities for this team? So we got a we got a couple games mm-hmm. coming up, and these is going to be some tough yeah. games. And I and honestly, I'm a bit worried. I'm I'm worried because RJ is the best player right now. Right now on the Knicks. From what I've seen from preseason and game, RJ's the clear-cut best player on this team. How can you make RJ even better? 
is my is my main concern right now. Um, Mitch, another concern. Mitch, I'm gonna give you an example. Quickly ran a pick and roll with Mitch, right? So Mitch gets the ball back from quickly, wide open. Could have took the jumper, wide open. Mitch looks for some guy to pass the ball to. What the hell is going on with Mitch, bro? What is going on? I, I didn't see no growth tonight, bro. I didn't see no growth during preseason. The growth that I wanted to see, he's still fouling crazy. I'm, I, and I told people early in the pod, maybe it's on the point guard, the stop of an attack. We're getting pick and roll to death. But what is going on with Mitch, mm-hmm. bro? Please, bro. What, what what is happening with this guy, bro? He looks. I the think. Same. I I think that. Um, listen, if if he if he attempted the three, Knicks fans would have been mad either way. If he did it or he didn't, because if he missed, fans would have said, "Why did you take that shot? That's not where your strong suits lie. Go into the paint." Um, so I think that I think he's just being cautious because. You know, I think he's trying to look for guys to take high percentage shots. Um, and I think that th- – I think they just need to work with him in practice, mainly on just trying to limit his fouls. And I, I don't know if that's like – because it's weird. Because there's a lot of moments where, you know, I saw M- Mitch leave Sabonis open at three a ton this game. Um and Sabonis mm-hmm. can shoot very well at from three-point range. And, you know, there's like a moment in the beginning of the game, in the first half, where, you know, Sabonis is, is at, like, top of the three-point line, and Mitch is coming up to guard him, and then just kind of stops, and then just kind of lets him shoot. And I think that it's it's weird because, like, when somebody's driving to the paint, like you said about Brogdon, He's so aggressive mm-hmm. on getting a block, right? Which then leads him into foul trouble. And then he's not really aggressive when players are shooting from like the top of the three-point line to the top of the key. Um, so I don't know if it's like they need to teach him to be less aggressive to then get out of to then not get in foul trouble. Um, but I feel like from his perspective, his whole reputation in in you could argue is off of you know the in quotes block parties that you know he he displays right um i think that you know a lot of Knicks fans love Mitch because of his defensive aggress aggression in the paint um and i feel like that's a pro and a con at the same time because it's pro because it it gets you stops it's a con. It gets him in foul trouble. You see that time and time again, like you're saying. And I just feel like they need to just teach him maybe how to be less aggressive in the paint for them, for him then in order to not get in so much foul trouble so early on in the game. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy because it definitely makes sense. Continue on. Continue on. I want I want you to get this whole point across because I want Nick fans to understand like like what we feel is going on in the game and what we watching 
and I want us to be objective, but I want us to have, you know, truthful points at the same time. Sure. So go ahead. Um, you know, I think that um, what fans see on the court is Mitchell Robinson getting all of these blocks, getting all of these stops. Um, and, you know, that's great because we get so much stops on, on, on the defensive end, which then creates into offense, which then, like I keep saying tonight, it keeps creating – ball movement and finding the open man to get easy buckets. And that's what we're seeing on the court when in reality, you can argue that by Mitchell Robinson being so aggressive in the paint, it leads him into foul trouble early on. Julius Randall also got into foul trouble tonight as well. Um, right. And I think that in reality, Mitchell Robinson needs to be less aggressive in the paint. You know, because in his mind, he could be thinking, you know, Knicks fans love love the block parties. They love me getting all of these stops in the paint. I'm just going to keep doing it and keep building on from that reputation. When then that gets him into foul trouble, that gets him into situations with his nose um, and that whole bloody nose situation. Um and I just feel like, you know, I feel like if we're talking from a realistic standpoint, we need to just make him less aggressive in the paint because it's going to lead him into foul trouble. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you for this question. I'm going to leave you with that thought. Mm-hmm. What, what, what's the um? Say the question I think, again. Um, like just, I guess just be aware of both sides of the coin because like I keep saying, you know, Mitchell Robinson's getting all of these stops in the paint, but then also think about he's getting all of these stops, but then that leads him into so much foul trouble and that I, so I think just think of it from, I guess, both sides of the coin is, is what I'll, is what I'll say about that question. So, so, just to um, to reply to you, um, I understand what you're saying as far as you know both sides of the coin, but it's also up to on court leaders to use their mouths and speak mm-hmm. as well. You get what I'm saying? This is why I like IQ because I Emmanuel quickly uses his mouth. He talks on the court. You get what I'm saying? I, I believe that there's not enough defensive communication between. Mitch and the guards that's on the court. I believe him and RJ has communication, right? But I don't think him and Alfred or him and Burks, when he was at the point guard position, has enough chemistry in order to guard the pick and roll properly. Now, not to inject Frank Milikina in this, but I, I hate to say it, but I, I think I want to see Frank at point guard, bro. I, I I know it's not possible. I know that Thibodeau probably won't look at it. But I think to 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 help Mitch stay out of foul trouble, to help Mitch stay on the court, I think I would like to see Mitch and Frank start together. If that means starting Frank with the starting unit and placing RJ at point guard or, or Burks at point guard, I don't give a damn. But – that would be just better for him, and I think that would be better for the team. 
I think DSJ as well should get a look. But the way how things played out tonight, I think DSJ will only play if somebody gets hurt. Um, I don't think he's going to make the rotation, honestly, because if Alfred can't be- break his own in preseason and DSJ couldn't break his own in preseason, what the hell is do I, do I think is going to happen during the regular season when games are for real and people is going to add it at 100%? Kevin Knox... Let's talk about Kevin Knox real quick. Mm-hmm. He was bad tonight. He was very bad. I also attribute that to point guard play. Bad point guard play. But did you see a change? I see I've seen a change. He was bad, but he wasn't lost most of the time. I mean, Doug McDermott caught him on a, a few back cuts, right? But I blame that on communication. Knox wasn't communicating with Alfred. I don't, I don't know what was going on out there. What did you see from Knox tonight? For me, I just seen I just seen the overall effort was up there. It, it wasn't like last year when he looked lost on the court. I seen the effort there. I seen him have a couple defensive mishaps. It was cool, but he he never really got into a flow of the game. So once again, Alfred Payton, Alfred Payton is starting. He's playing most of the minutes with Alfred Payton. Remember, man, you quickly got hurt. So what what did you see from Kevin Knox tonight that you wouldn't want to see next game? Or how do you – and part two to that is, you know, how do you activate this guy with no Emmanuel quickly for the next two hmm. weeks or so? Um, Great question. I think that I – think, I think you have to look at Jared Harper because I think he – I think he kind of sends the same message that quickly sends to the offense in the sense of communication, right? Jared Harper helped those guys get easy buckets. He still kept up that ball movement style of play. And I think a guard like Jared Harper, I think, is going to ignite Kevin Knox because I think, again, this just centers all around the main point of how valuable quickly is and his communication is to this team and this offense um because you know i think that the way that quickly i guess his style of play and the pacing of his offense is really fast right um and i think kevin knox mm-hmm. is really used to playing in fast situations whether that be in practice or whatever that may be um so i feel like in his mind when quickly's running the offense he's like okay i know that in a couple of seconds, he's going to swing the ball to me. I'm going to get an open three and pop it. Um, And I feel like the way to ignite him without quickly is Jared Harper. Um, Because I think if you put Dennis Smith Jr. and Frank, they're not going to really know how to communicate because their style of play is completely different to what Emmanuel Quickly's style of play is. You know, I think Frank really focuses on getting stops on defense, which is great. Love that. But, you know, I think when you're talking about an offense and starting an offense and communication, you want guys like Jared Harper and Emmanuel quickly. Now, when you look at DSJ, his style of play is just go to the rim and body everybody. You saw that in Dallas. You saw that a little bit when he first got here. And you most certainly saw it when he dunked over J. Cole. 
Um, you know, I, I think that it it's really just up to the style of play of Jared Harper because he's the 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 closest the closest option to Emmanuel quickly that we have that's like not Emmanuel quickly. <laughs> Harper would have been good tonight, man. He would have yeah. been a breath of fresh air. Like I don't, I, bro. We seen it in preseason. <laughs> this is why. This is why I'm overreacting to the loss tonight. I know you say, you know, it's just one game. I know. I, I know mm-hmm. you. You gonna keep saying that it's just one game. But, bro, I've been saying that to myself for the past. Mm-hmm. 20 yeah. years. <laughs> so for you to say it's just one game, it it bothers me. I'm gonna be honest with you. It it really bothers me, bro. And it bothers me from a fan perspective, and it bothers me from a basketball perspective. Because I fully want it in the heart of my hearts for quickly to start. Just for this particular reason, bro. Like, if you've seen it happen in preseason, why not go into the regular season and try it, right? Tip said, Tip said the rotations is based off performance. We've seen Quickly's performance, and he still couldn't start. I un- to be objective on my point, I understand that he's a rookie. I understand that you want to protect him, right? But even when Quickly came into the game, he wasn't no slouch. He was going at Brogdon and Victor Adelipo. RJ was killing Victor, by the way. Oh, my God. He put a move on, on Victor where he shifted him and then bodied him up in the lane. I, I, RJ is so improved. I'm so impressed with RJ. But, you know, it's, it's bro, what are, what are we going to do? What, what are we going to do? Um, Who else? Who else? Who else? I know it's somebody else we forgetting, man. I know somebody else will be forgetting. Um, huh. I know somebody else will be forgetting. We spoke about DSJ. Austin River. Austin Rivers briefly touched on. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see how Austin Rivers is going to play in this offense. Um, you know, I, I just don't understand what is going on with his injury situation. And I feel like it's more serious than than it really is because he, he wouldn't be out this long yes. if it wasn't serious. Yeah. Um, you know, how they were... Think about Frank. Think about Frank. When he got his groin injury, bro, he was literally yeah. out for a month. <laughs> I don't know, bro. I, I would love Rivers to come back, but the more I look at, you know, just simple facts... He's just really not a point guard, but he can kind of play point guard next to R.J. Barrett because R.J. Barrett is not your prototypical shooting guard. But it was great, refreshing to see that R.J. Barrett has gotten so much better. Um, And besides that, it was a good loss. Sometimes you have bad losses, but this is a good loss. I like the loss. It, it, It told us a lot. It's basically set the stage for the season. If Thibodeau is a better coach than Fizdell, smarter, understands the game, understands what he needs on the court, understands who works on the court together, he got to find a way to get some of these guys activated 
And for me personally, I think you just got to banish Alfred from the whole rotation completely. I think he just, you got to set him. Got to It's no way you could play Harper. You know, I, I see you calling for Harper. I know my podcast co-host, he's been calling for Harper. He's been calling for uh, for Frank Nilekina to start at point guard. He dislikes DSJ. We got to find a way. Um. I, I guess that was everything. I, I yeah, I mean, it's everything. just this, this whole this whole point guard situation I, 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 is just it's tough because because you know oh, you know you can talk about hypotheticals all you want, but really it's just going to come down to who makes the biggest impact. I keep saying that, but it's just true. Um, you know, you can talk about how DSJ could be a really good fit. You can talk about how Frank could be a really good fit. Austin Rivers. Um, but, you know, I think it's just really eventually just going to come down to, in a realistic standpoint, who Thibodeau is going to give the keys to, what what situation he's going to throw what which guy into. You know, you saw it with Frank. He really put him in with really no minutes. But I think he wanted to see how he could get stops and create an offense. Um, and, yeah, it's just... It's going to be very interesting to see how Thibodeau is going to handle the rotations, especially now with quickly out for who knows how long. I don't think it's going to be as serious as whatever Austin Rivers is dealing with. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a, it, it, like you said, it definitely has set the stage. And I guess you could say in a way excites Knicks fans on how the rest of the season is going to play out with rotations and everything like that, for sure. So, yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. It was a lot of good games tonight. Yeah. Dallas lost. So, I'm happy. <laughs> and any Dallas loss is a Knicks win. <laughs> any Knicks loss is a Knicks win. Because we get mm. close to the two lotto picks. Regardless of the situation, our number three overall draft pick has excelled and Brother, this guy Barrett. I told people this the other day before we before we you know say our goodbyes and get off the podcast. I told people the other day, Barrett, when he's 23, 24, that man is going to remind people of Brandon Roy. I don't know how much people was watching Brandon Roy when he came up mm-hmm. on the Portland Trailblazers, but if Barrett get a little more wiggle in his game, that is Brandon Roy to a T. Now you got to find him a LaMarcus Aldridge. So we're going to have to it, – it, it's a lot of work to be done, a lot, a, a lot of rotational minutes to be had. Also, shout-outs to the Atlanta Hawks too, man. Yeah. I, I, I love their starting lineup, man. They definitely proved me wrong. Their starting lineup was Trey Young, Cam Reddish at the two, DeAndre Hunter at the three, Collins at the four, uh, Collins at the four and I guess Gallo at the five. Like, so much spacing. It it it, it, it you know, I'm just so jealous, bro, man. Any last words for Nick Nation before we get out of here, man? Any last words, bro? Yeah, any any last any last words for the people, bro, before we get out of here for the night? Yeah, this will be this will be part two, no problem. Um, mm-hmm. I think that you know it's going to be a very interesting season. It's going to have a lot of highs. It's going to have a lot of lows, and I just think that I just think that you know we have something to be hopeful for 
We have Obi Toppin. We have Jared Harper. We have Emmanuel Quickly. We have R.J. Barrett. Mm-hmm. He played incredible today, like you were saying, and I think it's only going to go up from here. Um, and yeah, man, I just think uh, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting, interesting, interesting season. I think that I, I also, if you want to quickly get into the ne- next couple games that we have, um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough challenges. Um, you know, Dev, I think we're playing teams like. Uh, I think Milwaukee and um, I think Philly and Miami. Um, oh, my goodness. I think teams like that, I can search it up right here quickly. Um, haha, quickly, manual quickly. Um, but uh, it's going to be a very interesting season because I don't really know if it's going to be like – Thibodeau's going to switch up their rotations every time, especially with this point guard situation. Um, because now that Quigley's out, he needs to obviously see what works. And yes, I have the schedule right here. Our next game is against Philly. Then we play Milwaukee. Then oh. we play Cleveland. Oh then we play Toronto. Then Indiana again. Then Atlanta. Then Utah. Oklahoma, Denver, Charlotte, Brooklyn, Cleveland, Boston, Orlando, Warriors, Kings, Trailblazers, Jazz. It goes on and on. But, um, you know, our, our next two games are against Philly and, and Milwaukee. And, um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see what point guard is going to go up against Ben Simmons. Um and whether that be Alfred Payton again, I feel like he's just going to lean on Alfred Payton only because of experience. I think that's the only reason why he's still having Payton in this rotation with the way he's been playing. Um, final thoughts. Um, I, 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 had a, I had a blast coming on tonight. Um, we're definitely going to run it back again. I'm sure we'll do plenty of episodes throughout this regular season um and it's always a blast talking Knicks with you man um yes sir. it's great thank you so much for having me on again um anytime bro anytime you know <laughs> it's the Knicks man it's the Knicks man what are we gonna do right you know this team we so we so dedicated to this team this team hasn't done anything literally in the past like 20 years they made the playoff playoffs one time no twice this past decade or twice or three times I don't know but it's been a rough decade for New York sports in general you know my last growing up the last New York sports team I seen win the championship was the New York Giants that -hmm. was the last New York championship that I've seen win the championship the Giants stink the Jets stink the Knicks stink I'm not even going to talk about the Nets, what I watched yesterday. Cause, oh, mm. my God. Baby. Kyrie Irving. Oh, crazy. Oh, Kevin Durant. Oh, God. But, you know, it, we just got to keep fighting, man. We just got to keep fighting. We dedicated to what we do. Um, we proud of the work that we do. You know, people, we put in a lot of effort. We watch a lot of games. People watch a lot. We read a lot of blogs, a lot of articles, have a lot of stats on hand, in your mind, memorized. So, 
Aiden, man, overall, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Every time I actually come on the show, you always pull up, so I appreciate that. Nick Nation, I appreciate y'all for tuning in and listening. Um, we'll, I'll be back next game. I'll probably have Aiden on. I don't know. I'll probably have Aiden on. I'll probably have my co-host on. Who knows? But I'm gonna be not. I'm gonna be back next game. And Aiden, man, finally, man, I appreciate you, man, once again for coming on the show, man. I know I thanked you about a couple times, but who gives a damn? Nick Nation, I appreciate y'all. We out of here. Episode 125, State of the New York Knicks podcast. Your boy, State. Peace.